I don't know it not to be true. <laughs> what if I hit lead meeting? <laughs> I don't know what happens if you hit lead meeting. I think I'll just leave. All right. Are we ready to rock it? Oh, over? I thought it said lead meeting. I no, thought you were saying lead. lead. Yeah, if you hit leave meeting, it's just going to kick you out. Of it always gives me the option. Should I accept the recording or leave? <laughs> oh, if you don't want to be recorded. Yeah, you can leave. All right, let's get it started. So tonight, well, actually today as we record this in the afternoon, another easy victory is scheduled for me today as we debate if reincarnation is real. I'm Robbie, and today I am so confident that I'll be winning this I'm basically just going to argue, no, it's not real. And then we'll see where it goes. But my opening premise is, no, not real. And I'm Crystal, and I will probably change your minds successfully as I convince you that reincarnation is real. So I first kind of got introduced to this idea, and I, I'll be transparent. I'm not 100% sure what I believe. But in general, I think that I've always been sort of agnostic that, that you can't really say for sure whether it's real, whether it's not. You'll never know until you're dead. What? You're talking about heaven and what happens after I'm you I'm talking die? about everything. Whatever happens everything. to you okay. when you die, like exactly. higher okay. power, all of that. Okay. I, yeah. I have always said that I have no idea. Because like, if I said that I was, that I do know with a hundred percent certainty, then I'm on something. Don't believe people that say they know with a hundred percent, this is a fact they've experienced it. They've seen it. You don't have to I don't buy into something. that. You don't have to experience something to know that. To, to no, but then it's called faith. Effect. It's called faith. Oh, okay. You can have All faith. Right. But what I'm saying All is right. that if I came to you and I was like, Hey, reincarnation is 100% real. Here's the proof that I have because I experienced it. I wouldn't believe me. So I okay. will okay. be transparent in saying that I'm not 100% sure if what I'm saying is true. And I'll also say just in that line of thinking, I'll also say that I do not believe reincarnation is real. I do believe that heaven is. However, to Crystal's point, I do not believe those people that say they die went to heaven and came back. Yeah, I, I don't I don't believe that occurs. So I, I don't believe that. Yeah, I'm apprehensive to believe that as well. And um, one of the reasons why is because um, there's some chemical that gets released in your brain when you die. And of course, this was told to me by an atheist. So I take it with a grain <laughs> of salt, an atheist that I was with for far too long. But apparently, like when you die, there's some sort of chemical that's released in your brain that then it can make you hallucinate for two minutes or something like that. And it makes I could also be getting this way wrong, but it makes you hallucinate for two minutes, but it feels like a very long time. And so people who have those near death experiences could have just been hallucinating or not near death yeah. experiences, but people who claim that they have experienced an afterlife they could have just been hallucinating i'm not trying to take away from from any experience that anybody's had because if you believe it's real and it meant something to you i would never take away from that but yeah. i'm also very apprehensive to just totally buy into this stuff right right i'm very skeptical again i agree i am skeptical about those people that say they had a near-death experience and they saw heaven or even if they you know some people claim they saw hell or something I am apprehensive to believe that. Although I believe that heaven and hell exist, I don't believe that. I don't. Yeah, I don't believe that near death experiences get you there. I just don't believe it. I don't. I don't. 
I it's just, a hard, I, it's a hard sell for me too, but hard, yeah, yeah. here is my first like introduction into the idea of reincarnation and like past lives. And I think this is where, what I'm arguing for is that when you die, your soul essentially becomes recycled and you come back as another person. So there are ideas where reincarnation, you can come back as like a, a tree. Yeah. Well, what, what did you say? Screwdriver. A screw- <laughs> you can come back as a screwdriver. Sure. The unfortunate thing about that is you never die. You have to wait to decompose. <laughs> That's going to be a really long time. Yeah. And if you're made of metal and plastic, yeah, it's going to be forever. You're yeah, just going to rust and, yeah. and not decompose because plastic, yeah. what it's not biodegradable. It never. Yeah, that's, that's a tough way to come back in all honesty. Yeah. That's worse than hell. I would think. Yeah. There's the, there's people that think that like, oh my, like if, if your parent dies or something and they love butterflies, whenever like there's a butterfly around, they take it as like a sign, like, oh, maybe that's my parent reincarnating. I'm not arguing for that because that's something totally different. I think that there's like religious tenets to that, right? Like, aren't there certain religions that believe that how you act in this life determines what you come back as. But then my only issue with that is like, okay, let's just say I'm a total piece of shit in this life. Then I'm reincarnated. I come back as, um, I don't know, (laughs) like an action. No, like it has to be like a living thing. I'm pretty sure. But let's just say I come back as a mouse and then as a mouse, I live for two days and get stuck in like a mouse trap and get my head cut off. What, what am I coming back as next? Does the buck stop there? Well, yeah, I don't know. You're the one that believes in reincarnation. I would also ask about reincarnation. Who decides what you come back as? Like, so, if they, so I think your premise is you come back as another person. Right. But right. If you come back as something else based on your current life, who's making that call? So you just come back as a person. And here was, here's my introduction. My first introduction into the idea of past lives was a book called Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton. So anybody that wants to read it, it, it was very interesting. It's a very good book. I really liked it. So what this guy does, and again, I know that like Robbie's not going to buy into this as soon as I get started with what he did was he puts his clients under a form of like hypnosis. Okay. I knew it (laughs) to kind of draw out your past life experiences. (laughs) Okay. All right. I knew that that would get you, but I love it. I'm not really doing it justice. If you read the book, he does a very good job of explaining these things. And there are things that people like work through on their own. Like some woman had like severe neck pain and there was absolutely nothing that was causing it in her life. Like no reason for her to have this. And then she goes to this guy and he, you know, puts her under the hypnosis and he kind of draws out of her that in a past life she got shot in the neck with an arrow and so it was like right in the exact spot that her pain was let me just yeah okay let me just say one thing i believe 100 percent that woman probably had neck pain that was unexplained by medicine like they couldn't find anything wrong with it okay your mind is really, your brain and mind is really, really, really powerful. Like, I don't think we fully have the grasp on how powerful our brain and mind are. Like when people say, you know, like when people are dying or they're fighting for their life, like that is something like your brain is powerful. It can keep you alive. So I have no doubt 
that she had, I have no doubt that like something like um, that type of therapy would work to push away a mental block or help somebody mentally who just has it all in their head, an injury to get past an injury. Cause I think that that can happen, but there's no way she was shot by an arrow in a previous life. And now she's feeling the verbalizing pain in this decade. Like what? Yeah. I think that that could be because, because the idea is that what killed you in your past life stays on your soul. So uh, people that have like unexplained migraines, for instance, like it could be that maybe they had some sort of brain trauma that killed them. Because um, I think another example was that like he got sh- like some guy got like shot in the head. He killed himself by shooting himself in the head. And hey, why would they bring him back? <laughs> no, because so here's the idea is that like all of your soul is out in some like ether pretty much. And that right like now? you're. No, like it's in you right now as you're experiencing this life. But when you die, it will go back and reflect with all the souls that you have touched in your life and like your core circle. So you have like a core circle of souls in your life and you travel through time with the same people over and over again. Like the guy kind of touches on the idea of like soulmates, um, like familial ties. I find it interesting that you don't believe in soulmates though, when you pursued your wife so hard, <laughs> like, right. so, 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 so you don't believe that like you have even admitted previously that, you know, if you were not married to your wife, you would not be as happy. Agreed. Agreed. But here's what I'll say. Here's what I will say about soulmates and that whole idea. I believed in soulmates until I was in college. When I was in college, before I met my wife, a guy, I think, we, I think it was in, um, I think it was in a, uh, it was actually in like a literature class, um, Christian literature or something. It was a literature class. It was a book class where you had to read. It was gross. Anyway. The Bible. Yeah. No, it wasn't the Bible. Yeah, we read like this really secular book where the guy's like, now, man, we're all college. Like, there's going to be a sex scene on page, blah, blah, blah. Beware. Whatever. I didn't understand it anyway. It doesn't matter. Here's the point. The point what was the book? Yeah. What was the book? Um, you would know it. Um, my sister's keeper, maybe that. Oh, one. yeah, that's not that bad. No, no, it's not. But it wasn't. It was in Christian literature class, but it wasn't a Christian book. So he's like, but the theme of that book, you know, is about like what you do for somebody else. I don't remember all of it. Doesn't matter. Anyway, this guy told a story about how he was married to his to his wife. And she was hit by a car or a bus or she died very early in their marriage. And she thought, and he thought, this is my soulmate. I'm never going to ever find anyone else. And then what happened? He got remarried, happy as ever, right? So there's no way soulmates can be real. No, I I don't agree. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If they are, if they are, if soulmates are real, you got one shot. So if you miss that person, if they die, it's over. And secondly, here's what I also believe on on contrary or in contrast, I believe that any two people can get married and be happy. Any two people in the world. Here's the deal. It's all about how much work you would have to put in and how much work the other person has to put in. So two people that are completely opposites of each other can get married and be happy. They're going to have to do way more work than say two people that are more compatible. So like, 
my wife, for example, I knew we were compatible. Our marriage has been, I would not define it as hard. I would define it as easy. Now, everybody goes through rough patches and you do. Get your like, wife up here. Let's ask her how she would define it. She's watching the children. I, she would agree. I, um, I would not define it as hard whatsoever, but I think it's because I found a, compa- a compatible person. So it's going to be easier, but you can marry anybody and be happy. It's all about how much work are you willing to put into the relationship? And it's got to be two-sided. It cannot be a one-sided work or a one work. See, well, okay. I, I understand what you're saying, but I do think that there are people that like, if I was married to someone that I didn't have that much in common with, and I'm annoyed by them, I'm not, that's not going to work. Like if I was married to many of the men that I dated previously, I found them insufferable 90% of the time. So even if I'm willing to put in the work, I hated being around them. I couldn't wait for them to leave most of the time. Right, because they, A, you probably didn't tell them what you hated about them. And no, I did. Well, did they work on it? No, they said I was a nag. Well, there you go. That's the whole thing not being two-sided, but you could have too, could have worked it out had both parties been willing to put in the work to make it happen. Those but you shouldn't be changing people. You should not be with someone that you have to change. Like if I find someone to be super annoying. What like, about you have to find annoying? Like, um, so I used to get really annoyed at one of them because all they wanted to do is smoke weed. Literally everything required marijuana. You couldn't have dinner without smoking weed. You couldn't go out okay. grocery shopping without smoking weed. Like it's annoying. That's and it's not also annoying. an addiction. Right. That's not annoying. That's a drug addiction. So they probably should not have that. Yeah. But anytime I brought it up, it was just that I didn't understand. Right. So that's the other person not working at it. That's what I'm saying. Two people both have to be engaged in working at it and any two people can make it work. But no, this is what I'm saying. I think your argument falls apart here because I am never going to understand or accept that you need to get high to do literally the most menial task. Right. And you are never going to stop smoking marijuana. You're like, so we're not compatible, but there is another woman, but there's another woman out there who agrees that I need to get high to do laundry. You could be... (laughs) You could be compatible if you guys said, okay, listen, I don't think so. I'm not going to get, listen, you could smoke marijuana because that's your thing, but can we not get high every second of the day? And he'd be like, you know what? I got to change because that's something that probably isn't healthy smoking all the time. And you're compromising because you're still allowing it to be smoked. So there is a way to do it. It would require a lot of work. Like that would be a lot of work for you to be comfortable with at least some of it and a lot of work for him. So, yeah, you don't want to find a person that makes you really, really work. You want to find a relationship that's easy, that's, you know, that that's simple, that feels good. But it doesn't, ha- there's not soulmates. Like any two people can work. Any, I, I think that any two people could work, but I don't think that any two people are going to be a perfect fit. Nobody's going to be a perfect fit. Uh, I don't know about that. No, nobody's a perfect fit. Every relationship requires work. Every one of them. No, yeah, it does. It does. Even when it's like easy and it's comfortable, I think that it still requires work. And if you're not working on anything, then I think that you're probably very boring and just settling. Right, right. So I I get that. So I think we can say soulmates are not real. No, I I disagree. (laughs) I will not concede that point because I definitely think that soulmates 
All right, so you're 100% engaged. real. And that's you're part engaged. of the idea of reincarnation, that like your soul on, comes on, back on. to be hold with the, the same people. You're engaged. Are you marrying your soulmate? Yeah. No, you're not. You're just marrying somebody super compatible with you. <laughs> I like that you what you thought you thought that I would say, no, I believe in soulmates, but I'm not marrying mine. I just thought you were gonna think about it. Like I thought you would have been like, am I? No, I I no, because here's the thing. I think that I have dated enough to know then maybe this is just the difference between me and you is that yes, you dated before your wife, but you found your wife very young and you two were friends and dated, got married, all of that. And you did it very young. So you did not have the experience of your twenties dating total pieces of shit and not even just pieces of shit. Like I, I say that a lot, but I did date some mediocre to decent men as well okay there you so go they weren't all horrible because i think that, that would take away too if i literally dated nothing but horrible men and then yeah. suddenly found a good one then i think no you're you're just blinded because this is actually right. a good person so i'm not gonna i think that most of my more serious ones were with pieces of shit but i think that having had the experience of being around people that I was not compatible with versus now being with someone that it is easy, that it's seamless. Like, I think that that's what kind of takes me to the idea of like soulmates being real because you just found somebody you're really, really, really compatible with and it, it, it works. But I've, I've been compatible with other people or other men and it's just, a friendship you know what i mean like i don't see them in that way right so that's not my soulmate then like that's my friend no, right but that's somebody that either wasn't available or wasn't the right time in life or there's a number of factors that go into whether or not you're gonna want to date someone i'm just saying like the whole soulmate thing that part of being part of your argument for reincarnation is nonsense it's just well it's just a tiny piece of it because you go through it's a a huge piece right now it is (laughs) because it's part of it's all based on the journey of souls that what he talks about is that your soul is amongst other people so you have like the souls of your friends like you have like a core group and the idea is that you go through time to learn from each other and correct mistakes each time and just like improve your soul so like the soul inside of you is what you're really working on like so what's developing the, the end the goal? goal i think is just to to be like a totally clean like enlightened soul what if i've already done that do i have to be reincarnated no, then I think that once you reach like peak enlightenment or whatever, I forget what he calls it, but when it, once you reach that point, then no, you're just, you stay in like the spirit world. Uh, here, here's my question about reincarnation, especially this. So how are new kids born? Is everybody an old soul? Like where are the original people? I don't know. I don't have answers for all of this. Yeah, that would be my question about reincarnation. Like where's the, uh, now- Reincarnation, when you turn into a butterfly or a bird or something, okay, that almost makes more sense. But turning into people, where are the original people? Well, so there are, there's also this idea that everybody has like a guide 
through this world where like it could be like it could be a parent as your guide or it could even be like a child as your guide so like when your kid is born like your child changes your life in such a way that now you are guided and like it peaks your enlightenment I don't know. The other thing that he talks about is that if you are like a higher powered soul, like you're reaching peak enlightenment, that you could have dual souls. So like you can have like a split soul. So like I could be sharing a soul with somebody out in like Colorado or something, you know, that that it's just one person in the pilot seat, but you're experiencing two lives at the same time. Why? I don't know. I don't have all the answers for it, Just but I think like the sap along. I guess I think that I think that reincarnation is real because of the idea of past lives impacting you today. Also, I just like the idea of getting to come back. Why? I don't know because I I don't want to like die. You like pandemics? And lockdowns and horrible government and okay, well, when and, and suicides and like drugs. You're only focusing on the negative, but look at how I'm saying like, overall. I'm saying overall. I think, I think, like, yeah, I like living. Like, I like being alive. But like, there's got to be something better than this. Is what I'm saying. Like, how is Earth the way it's right now with all the crazy stuff that goes on, with everything in our society that's nuts right now? This is the peak. This is the pinnacle. This is what I got to keep coming back to. What? No, there has to be something better. How is there not something better than this? Well, okay. So that's what you would say is, is heaven then. But, but, but I don't think reincarnation necessarily negates a heaven because you could go to heaven and then come back here. But why would you want to do that? Like, if heaven is perfect, this perfect place, why would you want to come back? I don't want to come back. I'm good. Well, because I think that at some point you're not very appreciative of of how great it is because you haven't experienced anything horrible in a while. I think that to truly be appreciative and grateful and content when you are happy, I think that you have to have had bad experiences. Right. That's calling going through life on earth. Yeah. So, I mean, you go through life. So in my opinion, you know, or my view, you go through life on earth. And the whole point is, is that there's heaven waiting for you. So that when you're there, it's, you're, it's perfect. And then you're perfect. And that's it. You've arrived. Like, there's not a need to come back because what is the point of coming back and enduring? Like, okay, let's say I'm a mediocre person and I do mediocre stuff. Am I coming back as like a, another mediocre person or what, or what happens if this right now I'm in the United States of America, right? What happens if I get reincarnated in, you know, um, in, as a woman, in a Muslim country where I'm a third-class citizen. That doesn't seem like a good could deal. Be, but it could be that you you selected that in some way because you like know that. that there's a lesson that you need to learn from that experience. No one would select that. Well, yeah, but I think there's a lot of things in life that I think, oh, I wouldn't necessarily have chosen that, but... 
it brought me to a certain realization that I'm actually like, I don't want to say thankful for having like a terrible experience, but I understand why I needed that to get to the point that I'm at today. So I think it could be the same thing. I don't know if you choose where you go next or if someone else chooses for you, because if every single time you've lived as a person, you've just been a privileged male, for instance, then I think that you've coasted through and everything is easy. So maybe having the experience of being a a woman in a misogynistic based country would then teach you moving forward how to see from a different perspective and integrate that into your next life. Like you've learned all these lessons. What lesson would I learn though? I don't know. I don't know because I'm not a Muslim woman in in a misogynistic based country. I don't, I don't know. uh, You know, I don't think there's a lesson to be learned except the world is an awful place or can be an awful place. Like, yeah, the world is not anywhere. That's my point. Why do I need to keep learning it? I don't know. I don't know because I'm not the creator. So I don't know. Who's the creator? So who's the creator? Well, I think you can still have a God and have reincarnation. What would be the point of that though? Like, that's what I don't understand. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But here's the thing. All right. So if I'm we don't Adolf need Hitler. to answer why, though. All right. All right. Let me just ask one more. We question. always get hung up a- asking why. If I made off Hitler, okay. Yeah. And he murders millions of people. He comes back as what? I I don't know. I mean, oh, but we're assuming he gets another shot at it. Yeah, because I think that the argument with somebody like that is that they acquired power, and when you have power like that you do reach like a crossroads where it's like what do you just get drunk on power and you do all these things like you act belligerently or do you actually take that and try to serve the greater good most people once they get to a position of power they're totally drunk off of it right right right. so i think that having that experience would i think that a, a good potential would be somebody that had the the past life of murdering over what six million people yeah i would say he's probably going to come back as one of the people that's oppressed that doesn't seem i mean like uh, yeah I guess. because if your soul is just traveling through time And like trying to gain these experiences. So like if you in one instance acted like obviously one of the most horrible human beings in human history, then I would say that your next life, you're not going to get a chance to do that again. Like you're going to need to learn that overall, once you acquire some power, you need to see it from the other side. So I would say he's probably going to come back as like, a starving child in Russia or something. <laughs> but so eventually though, you get to work your way back up to power. Yeah, maybe. And I think that the idea then would be the next time you come into power is that you've learned from being on the other side of it because you as the soul, you don't remember it now, but your soul does remember these experiences so that then the next time you come into power, you know how to cultivate it and serve it better. But to what end? Like, what's the end goal? Just just for your soul to be enlightened? 
I think so. Wait, okay, but it doesn't matter. You, we always get hung up on the why, but we don't ever need to answer why. We're just answer, answer, answering and asking, is it true? Like, no. is it real? So even, it doesn't matter if it's real, it's not, or it doesn't matter why it came to be or yes, it how does. it works. No, I don't think it does. It's just, it does. no, it doesn't. So here's, right, the, right. here's an article. Okay, hold go on, ahead. Hold on, hold on. How do we judge something? How, how do we know if something's true? I, I don't know how to answer that. Well, I, I mean, because the there's way- so many different like things that go into that. Like if something is true, it could be, you know, a lot of it comes into trust. Like if you tell me something and I didn't witness it myself and I don't know it not to be true, <laughs> you just say it, it has to be part of it has to be my experience. Like if you tell me something. I'm more inclined to believe it because I've never caught you in a lie. Okay, let, let's learn. How do we know like the big things are true? Like, how do we know, like the, the, the way I'm the reason I'm asking this is there has to be a why in order, like in order to test if something's true, you kind of drill it back in my opinion to like, okay, why is it happening? Like logically, does this make sense? In order to think about something logically, you got to think about why how all the big questions like okay if logically's reincarnation is true okay then how do we get to that point what are the mechanisms why does it work that way what would be the point of it just to say oh it's true all right i guess yeah i get i get that but i think so i've offered to you my opinion on it and that's all i can give you is just an opinion because obviously i don't know because i'm not the creator and i'm not some higher enlightened soul maybe you are maybe you're maybe, one life away maybe yeah maybe this is the fine there's no way there's no way the shit that i've done in this life there's no way i mean you must be able to have a chance to redeem yourself as you go through life yeah i think you would yeah so i mean you could be right there you're on the doorstep maybe I don't know. I think I am. I'm right there. I'm ready. (laughs) But you don't even believe in it. So what? Next life, you're coming back as a butterfly. You've reached peak enlightenment. Yeah, yeah. Butterfly all the way. Next, I'm a monarch. You know, one of the best butterflies. That's it. Maybe you'll come back as one of those spotted lanternflies and somebody will kill you outside of a restaurant. No, I'll stay alive forever. Just sucking on trees. (laughs) Is that that what they do? That's the problem with them? Yeah, they drain the sap out of trees and then the tree instantly dies or dies. Oh. It's over. Yeah, that's the problem with spotted lantern flies. But yeah, I just can't because I can't understand what logically it doesn't make any sense. But there's a lot of things. But okay, if you think about like Christianity, I think logically does not make sense. This idea of a higher power, like Anytime that like I have witnessed somebody like explaining their religious beliefs to somebody and then this person is usually like, oh, God, that's crazy. And then you repeat back to them what they legitimately believe. Like you realize that to an outsider, that also sounds nuts. Okay, but I also believe that whatever. So whatever faith you believe in, whether it's Christianity, whatever, you should be able to. Because all these things take faith. I won't I won't sit here because I was going to say stand here, but I'm actually sitting. I won't sit here and pretend like religion, even atheism, 
doesn't take faith. At some point, all of these things take some sort of leap of faith. All of them do. But I'm saying you want to pick the most logical one, in my opinion. In my opinion, you wouldn't want to pick the most logical one. So the leap is much shorter. Because you're going to leap, and you're going to leap on a faith or leap on what you believe. You, I would think you want the leap to be as short as possible so that you know you can make it to the other side. So I'm Maybe. saying... I'm saying from my, from what I'm saying is I think Christianity is the most logical. Now I know there's, a, you know, people would disagree, um, but I would say that Christianity is the most logical one that makes the most sense, which is why I think like you have something like a heaven and a hell just intrinsically makes sense. Like all of our movies, like, like everybody loves, you know, the movie man on fire with Denzel. Hmm. Maybe. I've probably oh seen it. I've okay. probably seen it. So this movie is about a guy who's an ex-military uh, guy, but he's now a drunk. And he just he just is not in a good place. And um, in Mexico, because the movie takes place in Mexico, in Mexico, these wealthy Mexican families are having to hire bodyguards to protect their children to and from school because they're getting kidnapped. So this wealthy family hires um, Denzel. They're like, oh, you're cheap because he's a drunk, but he has training. And like, oh, we'll hire you. Dakota Fanning, who plays the little girl, right? They bond, like they bond. And she gets kidnapped by the bad dudes, right? This is getting back to heaven and hell, I promise. She gets kidnapped by these bad dudes, right? Now, Denzel finds out that who these bad guys are and how they've been kidnapping children and murdering people. Every time I watch it, everybody has ever watched that movie with the one thing everyone is waiting for is for the bad guys to get it. Not to like hopefully die and come back to another person. They, we want to see them completely. At least I do. We want, we want revenge. You it's intrinsic. Like you want to see them get what they deserve. You want to see, so when Denzel starts killing these people, just just horrible ways. It's very satisfying because you're like, okay, these are bad dudes. They deserve another great example of this. My favorite movie, my favorite Denzel movie. I love this movie, and now I forgot the name of it. What's that movie that he's in? You know what I'm talking about. It's recent. Um, There's a sequel. Oh my gosh! Oh my uh, gosh! Um. With the prostitutes and the Russian guys. Um, this is a Denzel movie. Yes, the Denzel movie. There's, there's, yeah, it's um, he, he befriends a prostitute. His wife is dead, and oh my gosh, what is the name of the movie? And it's the only sequel he's ever done. All right, I'm gonna go look it up. The Book Hold of on. Eli. No, no, not the Book of the Eli. Equalizer. Yes, the equals. That's why I love that movie so much. But that movie is all about the bad guys getting what they deserve. And we love it. So what I'm saying is, going back to heaven and hell, intrinsically, I think the concept, albeit maybe we don't like the idea. I mean, I don't think anyone likes the idea of anyone going to hell. I don't care what you believe. Nobody wants to see anybody suffer in hell. Nobody does. But we do understand the concept that Adolf Hitler would get what he deserves, not another shot. 
that he's going to go and suffer after he dies because of all the suffering he portrayed on others. And we understand, I think, that people, I mean, in terms of Christianity, you would have to believe that Jesus died, rose again in order to get into heaven. But there's a path there as a good person, a follower, to then get to heaven. I mean, other religions would say you should have to be a good person or do good deeds or be good. But I think we understand. So that's why logically that makes more sense. You got hell for bad people, heaven for, depending on what you believe, good people or people that believe a certain thing. I just think that makes more sense. That's the logical part where reincarnation is like, I guess it seems better, but like, there's no point to it. Like what, what was the, what would be the point? Okay. But even if, so what you're saying is that you want to see somebody, you want that revenge. Let's just say they go to hell. I'm not it's saying a, I want to see it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, <laughs> I, no, I know. I know that you're not saying I want to see these people burn in hell. No, you're not. I get that. But let's just say that they do. They burn in hell. What What's the end game with that? Like your soul for all of eternity. Because when you were on this planet for 50 years, which is such a minute amount of time when you consider eternity. Right. The, that you made some big mistakes, huge, that now yeah. for an eternity, because of things you did in a very small time on this earth, you're going to be tortured and burn in hell. Well, so first- Because I think, oh, I okay, so I will see your revenge story and no, bring no, no. you one redemption story, which people also want. If somebody like just does the worst possible things, Everybody wants to believe in forgiveness right. and remorse right. and redemption that you right. can change, that people have the ability to learn from the past and right. do better. Now, let me just say, let me say a couple of things. First of all, so I haven't done it. I had, I known it was going here. We should just do a debate on what hell is if it's real and what it is that should be a podcast okay i agree um, i actually like that because like, i have some opinions and, on this yeah what is so hell i can so i could elaborate with more research but i have this to offer in this discussion that there's a couple of things that and i'll only speak for christianity being that that's what i believe and know the most about i would say that um there's a couple of things that you could that you could say the first thing is yeah there are some people with inside of christianity that believe i don't i don't know i haven't done enough research i just know the hell is real what it is i'm not 100 certain um but there are people that believe that yes hell is torment forever fire being tortured all that people believe that okay maybe right the other thing people would say there's two other I think there's a lot more possibilities, but there's two that I've considered. The second one, the whole premise of Christianity in general is that you would have a relationship with God and with Jesus. So the whole premise is that's the idea is you want to have a relationship with God and Jesus and being cut off from that relationship is the worst. Now, even on earth, we would say, or Christians would say that you're not cut off from God. I mean, even on earth, God is still around. Even if you don't believe in him, God is still exists. There's still good things that happen to you. Bad things happen to Christians. Good things happen to people that aren't like good and bad things happen to everybody. Okay. The second thing that hell could be is if you're just a hundred percent cut off from God. 
That's the torment part about it, that your soul is tormented in that your soul was created to be with God. But if it's completely cut off, you're, you're not actually being physically tortured, but your soul is completely away from God, separate from him entirely. So that's the actual torture. So it's not you being stretched out in a board and being smacked with paddles. It's your soul is physically unable to be where it, it, it wants to be, like it's completely cut off. The third thing that you could say that I have done, not done any research on yet, I should just read a book on this because it fascinates me. The third thing, and this is kind of an outlier belief, but the third thing we could say in Christianity is that it's possible that, okay, so we believe that God is love and forgiveness, all the stuff you just said, right? So people always say, like, it makes no sense then. So God's going to send people to hell forever and be tortured? Well, as we just talked about the first two things. But the third thing could be this. When you go to hell, there's an opportunity for you still to make it into heaven. That the concept would be that even while you're in hell because you didn't believe in Jesus while you're here on earth, so you go to hell because that's why people in Christianity, that's what happens. You don't believe Jesus died on the cross, whereas again, you're going to hell. You don't have a relationship with Jesus, so you're in hell. There's still an opportunity even while in hell to still come to that realization and believe that and then get into heaven. Okay. So those would be the three things that I would say. So I don't, so I don't know that it's, I don't know that I think about it as you're just being tortured because of something you did and didn't believe for 50 years on earth. Although there's okay. more you go down that road. I'm just saying for the sake of this discussion. But we've gotten very far away from the original is reincarnation real we will table the hell debate and we'll have yeah. that in january we'll bring that back Buckle so up. it's gonna be a hot winter it sure is that's why we'll bring it back in january because it's already it feels like like hell no it does it feels amazing outside i love it i love it outside right now no i'm saying in january we can oh, both agree that that feels like oh, hell that's it. like way it. too cold and disgusting that's so here's just a, a little article that I found that was just, I, I don't know this person's credentials, but they have a bunch <laughs> of, they have, they've written quite a few books um, about souls, sages, mystics, all that stuff. Uh, so anyway, th this is like what, what he's finally boiled it down to is there's 12 signs of soul reincarnation. All right, let's do it. I love it. Number one is recurring dreams. So dreams are reflections of the unconscious mind. Repetitive dreams sometimes signify trauma, fear, issues your brain's trying to process. Um, and many events feel very familiar and recognizable, even though you've never actually experienced it yourself, as far as you know. So that is one of the things that okay. he says. All right. Is that recurring dreams, out of place memories. Um, so uh, there's many recorded instances of young children who have out of place memories that later proved to be oddly accurate in detail. While out of place memories could be due to simple fantasies, misunderstandings, or an incongruency in the ability to remember, there's mounting evidence that suggests out of place memories could reveal connections to past lives. Well, well, like give an example of an out of place memory. Like I believe that I went to a grocery store I've never been to. 
I guess. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Let's see. Out of place memory. I mean, yeah. Or like I've been in a house that I was never in, or I could, you know, describe it. Cause I've heard it. I've heard people say that before. Like they've been, they describe something that they've never been in before, been to before. Yeah. I think that's what it is that it's, you've described something that like everybody knows you haven't actually done, but you describe it perfectly. Hmm. Okay. This one, I'm going to give all 12 just to be consistent. <laughs> we're, only, we're only two in. But no, this is going to be number three. In. This is going to be yeah, number we're three. Only two in and you're already. You have a strong intuition. Oh. Now that does tie into my argument that as you become more enlightened, you're more in touch with your soul, you're learning, you're more in control. But I just think that there are certain people that they are spot on. I will give you an example. You're going to talk about me. I'm going to talk about our friend Brianna. Do you remember that there was that, that other, there was this other girl (laughs) that we worked with that was talking about some guy that she had just started dating and Brianna just like nails it. Like she tells this girl, she's like, listen, this guy, it sounds to me like he's a truck driver. He's probably married, probably has kids. He's probably fleeing from something. He probably has a criminal record. Flash forward like a month, this girl's like, hey, you were right. He is actually a truck driver. He's married and he's got kids he's not paying for. Also, I'm pretty sure the criminal piece of it was in there, but I'm not remembering how. But the end thing is that we know people who have a very strong intuition. Now, could that be from a past life? Maybe. But I also think that in general, she's very skeptical and just like consents people very well. well. And it's just life experience too. I mean, different people have yeah. different life experience. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I'm not buying into the intuition piece of it because I think that, yeah, as you go through life in general, I think that yeah. speaks to a certain maturity. Mm-hmm. So Sure. Could it be that overall your intuition has developed into this because of all of the years that you've been coasting through this life and past lives? Maybe, but I, I, would, that- I would also argue that your intuition actually gets worse as an adult that they say. So like, for instance, this, if you are a kid, but when you have kids, right, kids instantly, almost instantly without knowing the person can instantly know if something's good or bad and little kids like babies, like before you could talk, you instantly know if you're in a situation that just seems off. Like kids just have this insane ability to do that. But as adults, we lose that. You know, we're just not as like connected or we're not as like, we just don't see things that way or we're not as sensitive to that. But I think kids really, really are. But I think a lot of that is also like cultural shaping that like, you know, that sometimes like if you're looking at a situation, you're like, oh, but I shouldn't think like that. I should, I shouldn't just judge somebody, you know, like you're taught not to be judgmental about stuff. So I was, I was, so I, I had a guy at work. He told me this story. His girlfriend is a performer, a singer, not a performer, a performer. And she was doing a, um, like a show or whatever, right? And um, he was there with his daughter, their daughter, right? I don't know exactly what was going on. He didn't really describe it. All he described was is that 
his daughter, the entire time they were there, were instantly uncomfortable. Like, wouldn't sit still. It was weird. Like, just instantly uncomfortable the whole thing, right? Okay. Come to find out later, there may have been some Satanist, some satanic oh, interesting. stuff going on at that place, right? What I'm saying is kids have just a sense of that kind of stuff. Without, and it, there's daughters like two. Without even, like, you just sense, and we lose it. We didn't, because he was there, and he's like, oh, that was weird, but, like, no big deal. But, like, kids can pick up on these things. So I would, I Yeah, think, when a kid sees somebody sacrificing a goat and drinking blood, they're usually like, that doesn't feel right. But that, as an adult, you're like, mm, what's the big deal? Yeah, like, it's just a goat. It probably was about to die anyway. Um, I just think kids are hypersensitive. So that's the only thing I would say about the super intuition one. I think kids have better intuition sometimes than adults. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you, you hear about this all the time. We just want, oh, this is going to be off topic real quick, but this is for all of our listeners. Okay. Who haven't seen this, seen this show yet. We watched it last night. Girl in the picture. It's a documentary on Netflix. Oh, I have that in my queue. Oh my God. In your queue. You watch it tonight. It needs to get out of your queue. Watch it tonight. No, I don't. Crystal, you're not busy tonight. Watch it tonight. It's yeah, so. Yeah, I might watch it tonight. Oh, it's so good. Like it's the twists and turns. You're not prepared. But I bring that up to say this: in that documentary, don't spoil uh, it. I won't spoil it. But there's a there's a scene, or they talk about where this girl has an uneasy feeling going to this place. She was young. She was in her, you know, like in her early teens and she was uncomfortable right and she had no reason to be afterwards there was reason to be but she had no reason to be going in and um they just we just have the kids just have this sense but go on with your list we're only on number three okay uh the next one is deja vu which i've heard so that was the matrix yeah but i that's that something totally the matrix is something totally different but the the deja vu piece of it is that it's um well uh, it's the bizarre feeling that somehow we've already experienced or lived a moment in time with deja vu i think a lot of times when i've experienced deja vu it's because my life has become so monotonous that i am literally doing the exact same thing i get it at the gym all the time like I get it at work. no lie. Yep. I get it at the gym all the time where I'm like, God, I've done this before. And you have, I literally just did yeah. it yesterday. Yep. Yep. I get it at work all the time. I just had, oh, I used to get day. it when we were in the office too. Yeah. When we were in oh, the yeah. office, I would get it all the time. And in meetings. Yeah. 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 And meetings, especially with our, our former boss was, yeah, that, that whole meeting was day. <laughs> no, 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 no. That boss that you're talking about, that didn't happen for me. You know why? She kept us on her toes. We never That's knew what true. to expect. There was always something crazy going on. That's fair. That's fair. Like, remember the time she was talking to us about her online dating profile in the middle of like what, what seemed to, it started off seeming like an important meeting. Yeah. What was that meeting that we had in the one small conference room where she Broke down crying about something. What was that meeting? I wasn't on the team at that point. I had an. No, you were. No, you were. Oh, yeah, you may have been off the team. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't on the team then. I had that. That was when my the only manager I ever had that I consider to be a real boss at my time at that company. Good times. (laughs) Good times. I was on to greener pastures, but I got kicked right back to the wolves. 
for some unknown reason. But well, now you're anyway. out of here, right? You're you're getting a promotion soon. Yeah, I start my new job two weeks. There you go. Yeah. Back out of the wolves. They did me a favor when they didn't <laughs> promote me there. <laughs> I'm one year in and I'm already climbing the ladder. So I'm not mad. I'm really not. So number five is you're an empath. Empath? 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 Empath. Empath. I don't know what I've it is. I heard people say empath and I'm like, oh, is that how I'm supposed to say it? No, it's empath. That's what I thought, but what is I it, always what is second it? guess myself. What is an empath again? Empaths absorb the emotions and in some instances, the physical pains of those around them, oh, literally yeah, yeah. empathizing or directly yeah. feeling and experiencing what others experience. My wife is extremely empathetic, extremely empathetic. Like I have no empathy at all. I have none. I've experienced that to be true. Yes. I can sympathize with somebody, but I have zero empathy. I just don't have it. I don't get it. I don't have it. I don't think I'll ever have it. It depends what it is. I don't think that's entirely true because I do think that when it comes to people with kids, you are pretty empathetic with certain situations. Not as much as I'm sure your wife is or like even a normal person, but I have experienced you with the tiniest little bit of empathy, but it was only surrounding things with kids. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I just, I'm not empathetic. Maybe and it's, it's usually how annoying the kids are. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. what it was, but I know like when you were talking to people that. about kids in the office, that was the only time that I was like, oh, wow, Robbie's like really leveling with this person. Yeah, I'm really showing empathy. Or else I'm just like, why are we empathizing? Like, let's try to lift each other out of that. And let's just, let's just go to green. It's not always negative. No, I know, but I just can't like... I just, I believe too much. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm like, uh, it depends on what it is. It really depends on what it is. I think, I think a lot of things that people do, um, I just believe, I just believe, this is the best way to say it. I just believe that there are consequences to choices. Like, and whatever yeah. things people choose, there are consequences. And so if I'm going to try to be empathetic about the consequence of your, I can't empathize if it's good good or bad choices like i don't empathize that i think it's easier for me depending on what it is like i don't think i'm the most empathetic person but i think that for me it's usually easier if it's something positive like i'm not somebody that's very vulnerable so i'm not going to sit here and cry with you because that that's not productive we're not doing that but um okay for instance there's somebody that i see at the gym pretty often I've talked to her maybe once or twice, but like I empathize with, because she she's heavier. She's just starting out. Like I empathize because that was me. So I'm not, but I'm also not viewing it like this sort of like, Oh, good for you. You're getting like, I'm viewing it as like a really positive, like, that's awesome. Like you have no idea. Like once you power through these first couple months, like how great you're going to feel like this is a journey that's going to be lifelong. And like, you're super excited now, hold on to that momentum. And when you see somebody like coming back and like starting to enjoy it, I empathize with that because I'm like, you're really starting to like the process and this is becoming a part of who you are like that's exciting for me because that's something I'm passionate about now the same way as like when any of my friends are like I'm gonna quit smoking it's the same thing like I champion that you have no idea 
how great it's going to be when you can see someone smoking or smell your brand of cigarettes and not want it. I still haven't reached the point of like, when I see somebody, like when I'm, when I'm drinking, if somebody is smoking and it's my old brand, it smells so good to me. And I still want it where I'm like, I wish I could smoke, but I know it's not worth it. And I'm like, why am I going to do that? It's just, it's dumb. Like it's disgusting. It's expensive. Like it's, it's not something I need to do. So like whenever somebody's like, oh, I think I'm going to quit smoking. I'm the first person to be like, yeah, you definitely should, but not in like the way, because you know, people are very preachy and they're like, oh yeah, it's it's this filthy, disgusting, you're a gross person for smoke. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I was a gross person for smoking. I was, no, I wasn't a gross person for smoking. I was just a gross person who also smoked. That's, yeah, that's accurate. That is accurate. So like being on the other side of it, I feel like I empathize that like, I know, first of all, I know how hard it's going to be, but the positive thing for me is that like, I know how great you're going to feel. And that's so exciting for me to like, see one of my friends. Yeah. I can't even, I don't empathize positively or negatively. Cause when I was now I'm back up to pre-keto weight, almost I'm back at 193. I was down to 173 for a while, but I'm back. Um, and I don't expect anybody to empathize or sympathize me because I wouldn't with them. When I was down at 173 and there was somebody that was, that was, um, you know, I just wouldn't be like, if I saw somebody doing it, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. That's great. You should do it. But I wouldn't get, ex- I wouldn't be like, doing but that's it. because like, right, you're, it's not it. something that you're like super passionate about. I don't know what I'm really passionate about that I can empathize with somebody. If I see somebody doing something that I've walked that path and I know it's a good thing, I'm like, all right. Good job, man. You gotta love it. But I'm like, all right. I mean, I don't, I don't care what happens either way. That I is true. What it. are you passionate about? Apple products. I will say this. You know what? I'll emphasize someone. They're opening a brand new Apple Watch. I do get excited for that. <laughs> okay. So there we found it. Yep. If somebody's opening or somebody's going to buy an Apple Watch, I would love to be there. I'd love to be there. Cause yeah, that you know what? My wife actually said she wants a new phone. I can't wait to go get her a new phone. I do, I just that feeling of opening a brand new phone. And that's, that's the best thing in the world. That's like disturbing that that is the thing that you've touched the empathy on. But I know because when somebody was having a baby in the office, you were like excited about it. Yeah. You know what? That's the other thing that gets me. That's the other thing that gets me having kids. Like when somebody's having a baby, I don't want to be there because birthing a child is the most horrific, gross thing. Any it's, it's the, it's the most amazing thing that anyone can do. And women don't get enough credit for their ability to do that because it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's, it's absolutely, it's a miracle. However, it's also the most horrific, gross thing anyone can ever do. So I don't ever want to be there for it, but I am very empathetic and excited for that person to start that journey. I will say that. But you were there for it three times. So did you watch no, what? I'm not, no, I'm not a gross person. No, I you didn't want to ne- see it. Oh, see, did what? you cut the cord? No, I didn't go anywhere near anything in, in any areas. No. Oh, really? You didn't want to cut the cord? No. Oh, my brother. I think, yeah, my brother did. Well, here's the deal for the first one. Uh, it was a C-section. So that wasn't really an option. For our second one, when did we have RJ? Oh, I guess it wasn't COVID. We had RJ in 2016. 
<laughs> you had the third one during COVID. The third one during COVID. They didn't even ask me. And then in 2020, when we had, you know, what's the funny part about that? Quick story. Um, we had Reagan's C-section. So our first, we had a C-section. Our second, we had um, just the normal, normal birth. But there was only like a nurse and a doctor in there, okay? The third one, which she was born, which she's two this year. So she, what year is it? She was born in 2020. Okay, she was born in 2020. In August. Yeah. Oh, year, she's it, just now turning two, right? She just turned two. She just turned two. That's the height of COVID was 2020, okay? Mm-hmm. We had... 15 doctors and nurses in that room. I had never, I had never seen many people because they had the doctor, then the nurse, five medical students (laughs) and three additional nurses. That's crazy. You know what I remember about, um, remember we went to, to dinner. I forget where it was. It was a bunch of us. It was even our friend from Texas was present and remember your wife asked if they had, she asked if they had lemonade or something. And the guy like was like, oh no, but we have this. And it was like an alcoholic lemonade. And at this point it was June. Like she is clearly pregnant and you just <laughs> offer. And your wife was like, oh uh, no. I I couldn't believe it. Like there are times where I feel like you should never just assume that a woman's pregnant, but like she was very obviously pregnant and you offered her a drink. Maybe. I don't know. I, I was in college and my, my friend told me this because he, he was a psychology major. And so he helped out at a mental hospital and there was this woman that she would just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and never poop. So it looked like she was pregnant. Oh, God, that sucks. They had to go in and pull it out of her. That's really gross. Anyway, let's get back to this list. I think we're on number six. Um, Yes, which is uh, precognition, future sight, second sight. I think that's like that third eye thing where like you can just like your ability to sense people or predict, oh yeah, predict future events. Um, so this is interesting. This goes back to like the your little kid argument here that kids are better with this stuff. My grandmother died when I was five. Okay. My brother told me when we were really little, um, probably like a week after she died, he was like, um, I had a dream that pop my grandfather. He's like, I had a dream that he could talk to angels. And then it wasn't long after that, that my grandmother died. So he was like in his, like, he was seven at the time, but he's like, I think I knew, I think I knew that she was going to die. I mean, everybody knew she was going to die. She had severe cancer and could barely move. So like, yes, but when you're a little kid, yeah yeah it's just yeah. a it's just an interesting thing that that was yeah. what what his dream was so i think that it i i could see that i could see so the other one is retrocognition which is, is seven or six this is number seven okay um refers to the ability to obtain information not usually available about past events so like this what? would be if somebody could see that redacted affidavit for the Mar-a-Lago search. <laughs> so yeah, who could see that? 
it would be somebody with really great retrocognition. So it's stuff that's not available about past events, but you know it. But how would uh, you would have to have that seen that in your past life, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I want to know. Okay, let's just pause on this for one real quick second. If reincarnation's real, I want to know who in the world Donald Trump was before <laughs> this he, life. He yeah, he may have just been like a regular person that like he's been cultivating power ever so slightly until he so reached. Do we believe? Peak. So do we? So the real and question followed is, by a fall from grace. So the real question is: If you believe in reincarnation, somebody like Donald Trump or eh, pick a senator, right? Who most people don't like any politicians. But do you, so these was that a good promotion or a bad one? That's what I want to know. I don't know because it, here's the thing: I think that. It gets to a point where like, regardless of politics, I'm not going to speak to that. But when you right. look at somebody like that, that he made a ton of money, he was a, a strong businessman, right. he was a celebrity, like people, right. uh, people may not have liked him that much, but I don't think there was this overwhelming hatred well, for him like every, there is now. I think everyone liked him before he became president. Rosie O'Donnell didn't. Well, except for her, everybody else did because he was I a thought that there were. Yeah, I thought there. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of stuff with like shows, and he was like friends with all these celebrities. Yeah, I think people overall liked everyone him. liked him before he became president, and everybody hated him. Yeah, for the most part. So, so I don't know. Well, I don't know because what's well, that, the lesson that like you well, reach a certain yes. where like you're liked, you have money, and I, yep. you you make one wrong. Well, I don't even want to say wrong move, but let's just say in terms of like people's opinions of you you made a wrong move because now everybody hates you but that's even on like a big scale that's like a macro scale but just yeah. in your own life i think that we've all experienced like you do one thing like you're going along great everything's good you do one thing and now everybody's like wow you're a piece of shit right right yeah maybe that so is i think that maybe his is on a macro scale but at the same time like we've all experienced that his is just brought to light daily yeah, so i don't know who he was before and we don't know who he's gonna be next maybe he's just gonna did you see that his son-in-law jared kushner said that he works out because he believes he can unlock immortality see that just makes good sense that was <laughs> i couldn't believe it and at first i was like oh that's probably not what he actually said no it it is well but I don't know that he meant it the way that it's been interpreted, but it's still pretty funny. It would I'm be not funny. working to try to live forever. I got to be honest. If I am, take politics out of it. If I'm a person that people genuinely hate or not hate, but if I become, if I ever become a celebrity that like people generally think is just nuts, I would try to say the most crazy things that weren't damaging. Like Al Jones believes and says crazy things are damaging, like school shootings yeah. aren't real. And you can't say that. But I could see myself being like, why do you ride an electric bicycle? Oh, because I believe one day it'll take off the ground. <laughs> it's like, just say, yeah, crazy that's stuff. fair. That's just fair. Like, why wouldn't I do it? Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Why not just really lean into it? Like, when we were kids, I think I was like 12 or 13 and we used to go Black Friday shopping with my aunt and my uncle because they didn't have kids. So like they would take us. And the one time my brother and I were with my uncle and he's a pretty funny guy. And he's like, 
he's a big guy too. Like he used to be a bodybuilder. So we're walking around the mall and like, this is the time where they had like the old, like flip phones and stuff. And there's like this kiosk for, I think it was sprint or something. And this guy like is trying to show it to my uncle as we're walking by. And he's like, Hey, sir, can I show you this phone? Do you, who's your, or not? Who's your provider? Like, do you have a cell phone? Cause it's even at the point where you have to ask, do you have a cell phone? And my uncle just looks at him and he's like, Whoa, whoa, I don't believe in UFOs. And the guy had no idea how to react. That's amazing. That's, that's my. That's my, the way to do it. Oh yeah, my dad. We were driving a car. I'm never going to forget this. My dad. We were driving a car one time, and I don't remember. He must have done something or something happened where this car, the other drivers flip him off. So they, they flip him off, and then he gets beside him, and he just goes like this. He just holds up all five fingers aggressively at the window, like gives them five fingers. They were so confused. They had no idea what to do. They shot him look like, what is happening? And then they just kept driving. They were, they were completely lost. Somebody told me um, that they experienced road rage one time. And instead of the person giving them the finger, when they pulled up at like the next light, the guy just went like thumbs down to him. And he was like, that was so much worse than getting the finger. I, um, I have made it. I used to do this. I still haven't found a way to really integrate it well, but I try to, if somebody's going the speed limit or below the speed limit. I just told Brad about this the other day that you do this. And we pass speed limit sign. I point to the speed limit sign. I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to say the other thing that you do is that you'll get even with an 18 wheeler so that oh, yeah, nobody pass. Oh, yeah, 100% I will. If you made me mad, like you're doing the speed limit, no, 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 not going to happen. Or you go under the speed limit. If I pass you, I'll pull up right behind 18 wheeler and just sit there for a little bit. I'll just sit there on a two lane road. Why? It's just, it's, it's called revenge. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I stopped doing that. Now I point to the speed limit signs. Now I like with both arms off the steering wheel, pointing to the speed limit sign as they're, they're going under. Yeah. Not if they're, they're, if they're going over, you don't care. Yeah. Or if they're going the speed limit, they know what it is. Like, what am I going to do? But if they're going under it. I point to them. I'm like, what do you, it's right there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why you're doing that. You're going to get killed. No, I'll be all right. Okay, so back to it. What number are we on? Eight. You feel older than your age reflects. Oh my gosh. Some people are perpetually young at heart, even into their later lives, but some people are just born with old souls, which you mentioned previously. Okay, yeah, that just go to nine. Nine is you have a great affinity for certain cultures, time periods, or environments. Well, that's interesting because you know there are people that like are super into like ren fairs and stuff. So I'm not were... saying that that's it, but but like Gabe from the office <laughs> was super into what was it? It was like ancient Japanese. Yeah, he was into Japanese culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was cool. like ancient, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Like he had like um, swords and. Brad and I went to the office trivia the other night. Oh yeah, how was that? We in the first half got a hundred percent. We had we were in first place. We got every single question right. Second half, he didn't listen to me. The question, let me ask you these questions. Let's see if you would have been there if you would have gotten it right. Who does Michael award at the Dundies the Doobie Doobie Stoner Pothead Award because they tried marijuana in college? Oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. Um, 
Oh no! Who is it? It's um. I'm surprised you didn't know it right away. I knew it right away, and and Brad didn't listen to me, and we got it wrong. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's um. Is it Stanley? No. Who is it? It's Andy Bernard. Oh yes, or that's the other one. You're right. I knew okay. it. The other one we got wrong was um, on the episode Beach Day. What is the name of the lake that they go to? It's not Lake Wampum Pact. That's something different. That is the actual name of the lake. Yep. In they're, on, they're on that for the booze cruise. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Neither really... one of us knew this one. We guessed that lake. Yeah, I knew it's whatever. not that. Like Juan Pompac, it is. Yeah, because um, so the the lake was fictional. It was only for the show. It's Lake Scranton. I was about to say that. I was about to say Lake Scranton. That would have been my guess that I had. To that guess. was like on the tip of my tongue, but it didn't sound right because I know it's not a real lake, so I didn't guess it. Um, I don't remember the other questions. Oh, what year was Dunder Mifflin founded? We got this wrong. Nineteen sixty-nine. No, nineteen forty-nine. Mm. Um, and then I don't. I don't remember the other question that we got wrong. You know what? Uh, but we only got four questions wrong and we came in sixth place. I'm really going to have to binge watch the show again. I'm really, you came in what? Six. Six. Yeah, because there was a bunch of office fans there. There's 25 teams. It was the most teams I've ever seen in a trivia. It's one of the most popular shows retrospectively of all time. No it, I think it is it. like the show of our generation, honestly. No one watched it this much when it was on TV. No one did. It would still be on right now if it was this popular. Maybe, but I think it had to end. Like, you can only go so no, far. No, it, just, that, it right? just wasn't this popular when it was on. It just wasn't. It is now. That's all I'm saying. All right, what's anyway, number 10? Number 10 is unexplainable fears or phobias. What? No, what's... Like, certain many believe that certain memories or experiences can pass on or leave residues in our childhoods and adulthoods from past lives like being scared of spiders yeah no i mean you're just scared of certain things i mean i think evolutionary or evolutionarily there could be an argument that we're designed to be scared of certain things or we have certain fears based on how civilization was formed yeah, maybe I do think some fears are I think that a healthy fear is not a bad thing. Yeah, like heights. You should all everyone should always be scared of heights. Or death. I think that's like a survival thing. Yeah. Yeah. Number 11. You feel as though this earth is not your home. The yearning to find your home can be seen as a reflection of the desire to return back to the source, which is that oneness the divinity, like all of that stuff that I had mentioned that your soul is just trying to seek enlightenment. Yeah, but that's a that's an argument you can make for Christianity too. So I'm not going to attribute it to reincarnation. So it said that there's 12 signs, but there's only 11 listed here. The 12th one is if you find the 12th sign. <laughs> that's so funny because there's like, it says 12 signs and then there's literally 11 signs. So... Well, huh, that's weird. Well, maybe when you become reincarnated again, you'll find that 12th one. Maybe. I think maybe that is it. 12 signs your soul has been reincarnated, and then there's only 11 signs. I mean, 
Maybe the computer felt like you were being so convincing and only needed 11. Like, you know what? We didn't even need to give this last one. We'll actually take it off the internet. So it's really funny that the article says, the truth is that all of us have most likely reincarnated. However, some of us have gone through this cycle more than others and therefore experienced many of the following characteristics. And then it lists the 11. So the truth is, the truth is that we're reincarnated. No, what? No, no, because what's this website? Or what's this, uh, what's this? Uh... So I was wrong. I, I've been saying it's a man the whole time. It's not, it is a woman. Who's a woman? Um, a, the woman that wrote these books and this article. Wow. More and at critical. the bottom of her go- page, she asks for a donation so you can support her work. Why would I support this? I'm anti this. I would never support her lies. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But here's the thing. I think that maybe we can't prove it is, it isn't real, but I think that I've made a very great case for reincarnation being real because the past life experiences, deja vu, intuition, all those reasons. And also I think that you can't prove that it isn't real. Okay. All right. And to sum up my argument, it's really simple. It's not real because there's too many holes in it logically. Logically, it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical that we could keep going through a horrible existence here on earth. Although, I, yeah, there are degrees to horribleness, but I don't think anybody would be like, wow, life is always awesome for me. Like, I really love going to my nine to five job every day. Nobody thinks this way. So I'm saying that why logically reincarnation doesn't make any sense. Why we live this life to then live another life again that's either the same, a little bit better, or possibly worse. Logically, reincarnation makes no sense, which is why it is not true. So now we send this to our listeners. Answer our poll right here on Spotify and follow us on Instagram at mindchangers underscore great debaters. Was your mind changed? Let us know, DM us on Instagram, and then join us next time for another lively discussion. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. That was clear.